welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we almost forget to start the podcast and talk about being sexy at 14-year-old boys and choppy, choppy brother times. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. How's this intro for you, buddy? You didn't yeah, it wasn't done. Cut you sideways right off the bat. Yeah, you did. This week, we're going to cover chapters 9 through 12. Of the final book of the Legacy of the Four series, book nine, Invincible. Not invisible, even though I'm pretty sure he was invisible before. When he disappeared off the security cameras and then they couldn't see him anywhere. Yeah. And then he just showed up in the middle of the of the theater, I guess. The theater yeah. room. Maybe he has hidden passages all over the place. Maybe. Or maybe he can turn invisible. Maybe he can turn. I'm going to say he can, just because. That's this week. First, bum bum bum. Previously on Forever Canon, Luke is a three moves ahead type of grandmaster. Jane is the worst infiltrator, plus Battlesun Odyssey. Mandos die all over and still help Jaina. And Spy Cam sucks, and Kaidus drops a third generation fat. Now you're caught up. Chapter 9. <laughs> Starts with, of course, a joke. Which side of an Ewok has the most fur? The outside. Jason Solo, 14 years old. Age 14. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> that's all I could think of the whole time. I was like, that sounds like your dad. 7 out of 10 for genetic jokery. Now... Chapter 9 starts with Han Solo thinking about how he's had a good life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He had a good run of good luck. It's kept him alive all this time. And what a good run it was. And maybe it's coming to an end as the ship that he and Leia, Luke, and Saba are in is constantly being blasted outside of Nickel 1 in what has become an even bigger battle since the last chapter where we left off at the end of the last chapter. Yeah, other people are showing up now. The two fleets of Nyathal and Dala arrive at Nickel One. So who's all here? Just to recap, we've got Jason and the Moths in the asteroid. We've got the Jedi strike team at the... What is it called? The shipping outpost or whatever. Yeah. For the weapons factory. Uh, we've got Jaina on her assassination mission in the asteroid. We've got Han and company, who we all just listed, up in the ship. Waiting to extract Jaina. They dropped her off. They're waiting to pick her up after she kills her brother. And then Nithal and Dala show up with their two fleets. And it's crowded out yeah. there in the and, vastness And Boba of space. Fett's hanging around, too. Oh, yeah. Also <laughs> Boba Fett and uh, all the remaining Mandalorians. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of them got blown up last time. Also, apparently the fourth fleet... Which is see, it sounds like a Jason fleet. Yeah, it's that's the fleet that the Anakin Solo's the he, flagship of. Correct. Yeah. And apparently that fleet will be here soon. So Han must rescue Jaina before that. We've got to go extract her early, or else we'll never get out of here once that other fleet shows up. It sounds to me like a lot of cold feet. Yeah. We're like. We all kind of knew everybody was putting their asses on the line big time. And then now, 
Han wants to jump the gun. And Leia agrees and Luke doesn't argue. But they all kind of jump the gun and head to the extraction point before they get the signal from Jaina. They call Jag in for backup. They're like, we're going. Let's go. Uh, no, we can't go yet. Yeah, we haven't heard from Jaina. Oh, well, we're going. So, here we go. <laughs> so, Han pilots between lasers and explosions with no shields, of course. After calling Jag for backup and getting help from Boba Fett. This is a pretty smooth flight. Lucky guy. <laughs> Good life. You got to marry a real live princess. Yeah. Yeah. I like that line <laughs> yeah, in there, too. too. Um, no shields on the ship because the man manning the shield station, Luke Skywalker, is, uh, quotes, sort of gone. He's there. He's sitting there. But yeah. He's mentally gone somewhere else. Where could that possibly be gone to? Three car, three car, <laughs> three car, <laughs> three star cut to Kytus finishing killing those Mandalorians. He hasn't figured out who shot him. He thinks, in quotes, the sniper. Yeah. And then in the like the next paragraph, I wonder, does he know who it is? Because then he tells the troopers, this sniper would not be killed so easily. As if he knows it's a Jedi or something. And then some action goes on and then maybe we get a, a answer for that. I don't know. I'm confused. Is he confused? Are you confused? It seems like he was confused. Maybe. He does seem quite confused. Yeah. As this, actually, as this fight goes on. But first he sees the sniper barrel poking out of one of those windows from the projection booths up top. Because remember, they're in like... Um, a, a, a theater, a, pro- yeah. a projection theater that has like all the information of Nickel One and the battle outside being like projected onto screens all around them. Yeah, so I, they're essentially in like an old theater with a bunch of glass windows. Yeah, I picture it as kind of like like the the projection booth. It's like it's like um like a PowerPoint presentation kind of room. Yeah, exactly. And well, the, it's like it's like a it's like a university classroom. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a, essentially <laughs> it's got rows and rows of seating. And multiple screens and projectors in there, and away you go. <laughs> but there's rooms behind those screens for some reason. Why the things can't be just projected from inside the room. I don't know. Anyways, the sniper barrel peeks out of one of the projection booths again. They have a little force tug of war, and then lightsabers are on immediately. He sees a lightsaber go on. He turns his on, Kytus, and he jumps up through that little window. Mm-hmm. Kicks and slashes later, Kaidus realizes he gets a gets a look at his sniper finally, and he realizes he's fighting Luke Skywalker, of course. Now this doesn't even get clarified over the next four chapters that we read, but obviously this is where Luke is. Yeah. This is why Han has no shields. Because he's shielding Jaina. Yep. He's projecting a force image of himself. His blue lightsaber, you know? That that's who Jason is fighting. That it's not Jaina. Trying to keep that up as long as he can to, I don't know, keep to keep the element of surprise. Yeah, because he's sitting on the ship not even breathing at the moment. Well, and he thinks to himself, Kytus does, this, like, just to tell how effective Luke's little ploy is here, that this is the one swordsman in the galaxy that Kytus wouldn't fight one-armed. Mm-hmm. He thinks to himself... A little bit cocky. Yeah. I, the I'm, only I'm my person right I now. couldn't kill with one hand is Luke Skywalker <laughs> in the whole galaxy. All right. A little bit cocky. But there's also a cool thing here. 
where just before uh, he realizes that it's Luke Skywalker, he gets a force vision, like a spidey sense, danger sense, of a violet lightsaber blade slashing him apart. Right before he sees Luke and Luke's blue lightsaber. Mm -hmm. So the force showed him the truth. The force, his, his premonition from the force ignored Luke's little illusion and showed him Jaina's violet lightsaber as he, I see you flipping to the cover just to double Just check. to make sure, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought, ooh, that's a nice little bit of writing there. Where, you know, in the heat of the of the battle of being attacked, it doesn't click for him, especially as he sees something he hates so much immediately. Yeah. You know, after getting a a, a thought in your head of a purple lightsaber. Yeah, it, oh, it overrides his yeah, like force it just, senses. Yeah, that gets shuffed. Shuffed, yeah, shoved and shuffled away, <laughs> and oh, oh, what just, a gross word that was just, for no reason. Just shuff it off to just the side, shuffed it, shuffed it right up. Anyhow, you get the point. Yeah. But I thought it was really cool that like his spidey sense was like, oh, purple lightsaber, and then he sees the illusion of Luke Skywalker with his blue lightsaber, and he doesn't even it doesn't occur to him. He doesn't question it again, and they fight, 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 fight. The Force showed him the truth, though. I thought that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And he yet, you know, remains blind to the truth, even though the force is trying to actually show him what's happening. That was just, I don't know. Something about that was neat. Something about that seemed like a, like a sneaky little character payoff for someone. Mm-hmm. Was it Jason? Was it Luke? Was it Jaina? I don't know, but that was a cool little sneakeroo. So they battle, battle, battle until Kydus is, Last chance effort when he's on the ground, halfway defeated. Finally gives him a break slash the upper hand. He has a brilliant idea. Uh, A Sith idea. Not so much a Jedi idea. He force throws a dead Mandalorian at the Luke slash Jaina. Probably didn't learn to defend against that on Mandalore if you're Jaina. Probably that one wasn't in the pocketbook of instructions. Here's what to do if they throw one of our dead bodies at you. Duck. Apparently she doesn't duck. She gets <laughs> fucking crushed right in the head. She's down. Mando on top. Looks like Luke still. Blood pooling around the head. Looks bad. Yeah. And then it looks worse when Kytus tosses a frag grenade at them. Looks worse. Cut to Jaina time. Head hurts. But she is... All jacked up on Mountain Dew. (laughs) Yes, she is. A.K.A. the Force. Despite the ringing in her ears and the gauze in her head, despite her hugely aching skull and the big knot of hurt swelling on her brow, Jaina had never been so filled with the Force. She could feel it in every cell of her body, swirling through her like fire, burning more ferociously every moment. She had never felt so strong or so quick or so alert. She could drive her fist through a Durasteel wall. Or catch a blaster bolt between her fingers. That's some powerful force feeling. And I would beg the question of you, Tim, if that... Does that at all sound familiar to you? Because to me, I'll fill in your your uh, my, silence. My confusion, <laughs> your, yes. Your silent no. Yeah. With, it sounded so much like the description of Anakin when he takes in way too much of the force and then he's like... 
he can feel all of his cells glowing and stinging right before he like explodes with the force. Mm -hmm. It sounded a lot like that. Like when you, you, it's, they do this in the wheel of time too. Like it's kind of common, uh, magic fantasy trope where like, if you take too much of the magic, it will destroy you. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what Anakin did. And that sounds, he described it very similarly to the way that Jane is describing it. Like, Oh, I can feel the hotness in all my cells and I never felt so powerful and blah, blah, blah and stuff. Yeah. It, it's kind of, kind of a cool, cool thing that now that you, Luke is gone. He, he sees Luke, but now it's Jaina feeling, this is what Luke's doing. Not only is he projecting his, his vision of himself, he's filling her with like his force. presence. That's what I thought too. Cause again, like we said, nobody clarifies this in the chapters. Yeah. But yeah, after there's a certain point where Jane is like, oh, she, uh, she like jumps. She, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, man, good point. I realize I have more, there's more action in between here that I've detailed. <laughs> okay. She's got the dead Mando on top of her. Her head is crushed. She feels superpower in the force like her brother Anakin right before he died. Note to self. <laughs> right before he exploded with magic. And anyhow. So she takes the dead Mando sword, Vartok, uh, before firing the grenade and the Mandalorian's body back at Kytus, which made me laugh a very dark, dark laugh. <laughs> it was just so funny. Like, I just picture him going, ah, dead body, grenade. And she goes, no, no, no. Ha ha, dead body, grenade, right back at you. Type of, uh, and I'm fucking picturing like a, a marionette with no strings flopping back and forth between these two. It's kind of a... Uh, it was kind of Looney Tunes to me. <laughs> yeah. I know it's like very dark, morbid fight scene. It's so morbid, in fact, that they, they then are fighting, standing on top of dead stormtroopers. The two mm-hmm. of them are hand-to-hand fighting. Symbolic much? Could this be at all symbolic? Yeah. Of, uh, of the constant struggle between the Sith and Jedi that tramples all the common people beneath their feet? Maybe. I, I didn't see that far into it, but uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. She talks about it earlier, right? Where she's like, I just feel like a pawn in the game between the everlasting war between the Sith and the Jedi. Yeah. And then she thinks about how, like, at least I get to know the game that's fucking going on behind the scenes and stuff like that. And then I was like, ooh, look at this very visceral way to put that in a physical moment. Like, the two of them are hand-to-hand. The embodiment of the Jedi, the sword of the Jedi, and the only current reigning Sith champion mm-hmm. of the world. <laughs> the world! Um, the two of them, the, the physical embodiments of the Sith and the Jedi are literally trampling on top of the underclass while they're having their life and death struggle. Yeah. That's kind of fucking genius, man. That's really good stuff from Troy. I'll have some complaints later, but that's some really <laughs> good stuff, man. Oh, then, then, Jaina cuts Jason's arm off. Yep. Classic Star Wars. With the Beskad, with the the steel sword, not the lightsaber. She cuts his arm off. And she gets a spray of blood splattered across her neck and face. And then Kytus reaches his hand into the stomach of who he still thinks is Luke Skywalker at this point. And lightning blasts Jaina across the room. Yeah. From point blank range. Hand on stomach. <laughs> <Yeah>. Zorch! <laughs> Full blast, too. You know, for sure, right? 
This fight, man, fuck me. This fight is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. It's like, it's visceral. It's just, it's a fantastic slobber knocker. It's so good. Go read it. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. After he blasts <laughs> Luke Jaina across the room with a belly full of lightning. This is when Kaidus finally sees who he's truly fighting is his sister. Yeah. My God. My God. I think that's when her, her force. That is, ex- you're exactly right. So yes, to come back to your point, this is where in the story she's like, oh, she suddenly feels exhausted. Yeah. And feels like her head's, cl- she feels the effects of the injuries that she should have been feeling before. Mm-hmm. And maybe more so. She feels drained. And yeah, like you were saying, I didn't come up to that till later when I was like, oh, was he like projecting himself through her, not just visually, but also power wise? Yeah. Like he sent Jaina to go fight Jason with Mando training and a special NOS tank of Luke Skywalker fuel. (laughs) Like with that, he's just going to like punch the NOS right away. Yeah. I wonder if the Vin reason right in there. he she lost her extra force boost was because of the force power, the lightning being used directly on her, kind of like shoved that, Luke out of it. Or yeah, it could have, and it could have been like it could have. What if that hurt him too? Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. He's he's sitting in the, at the shield the well, station on the ship and just starts getting electrocuted. Yeah, but it, how terrifying. about how about if this was an option all the t- all this time? He's not telling anybody anything. Luke mm-hmm. Skywalker's not telling anybody what his plan is. All under the guise of, I'm trying to change the future, and if I tell you how I'm changing the future, it will change the future in ways I don't want to change the future. Yeah. 21.1 gigawatts. So on and so forth. <laughs> but it's pissing me off. <laughs> because... Not only do I want him to be communicating with the team for the efficacy of killing Darth Kytus, like, let's be at our best, team, and, yeah. you know, do whatever we can to win the fight. Also, as the reader, I want to know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm really feeling like there's not going to be an explanation at the end of everything, where Luke goes, well, this was my plan all along, and here's what I did, steps along the way to achieve it. Well, after this, we only got eight chapters left, so I don't know. <laughs> And I just, yeah, we don't get an explanation here. And then I, I don't know if we're going to, and that kind of bothers me, but I guess it kind of makes sense. Anyways, he realizes that's Jaina slumped against the wall, having just been blasted with force lightning by his hands. But Kytus is still convinced that Luke is in there somewhere, which breaks the fight up. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I, I thought it was only going to be broke up, broken up momentarily here, but turns out Kytus heads to the infirmary yeah, and Jaina heads to her extraction team. Yeah. There's a point here where Luke must come back because he must, he starts telling the stormtroopers that are around to yeah. shoot into like the corner. Kytus does. Yeah. Yeah. Like he must be project because Jaina is so hurt. Yeah. Having Luke Skywalker pull his battery pack out. Yeah. yeah, you're right. There's a part where, like, he must apparate in the corner or, like, make a shadow move. Luke does some other kind of distraction that ends the fight. 
it has Kaida shooting at shadows in the corner, ordering the the elite guard that's left. Yeah. To just, not go after Jaina. Yeah, they don't see anything. And the, he's just like, he's over there. And so they just start shooting. Because <laughs> he thinks Jaina is the distraction. Yeah. He thinks Jaina is the decoy. And Luke Skywalker is the real threat here, you idiots. And and that's the... And then they start shooting wildly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, and that's the whole thing that he's like, Luke is the only one that I couldn't take. He's the only one that is He's the only one close. I wouldn't fight one-handed. Yeah. But I could feel him coming a mile away i fucking know it yeah <laughs> even though i didn't several times and, and he crushed be- me in a chair and he crushed me in a, <laughs> a part of the Actually, confusing part of this is how is like kaida's being all messed up is he said right when he saw Jaina luke mm-hmm. jump down to fight him that he just a minute early he felt luke up on the ship with han and leia and saba and right what that was part of the d- distraction right He's reading everything backwards where yeah. everything that is, you know, you know what I mean? Like he thinks Jaina is the distraction for Luke, but really Luke is the distraction for Jaina. He thinks Luke being up on the ship was a projection, but really him being down here is the projection. He's got everything all fucking backwards and it gets his arm cut off. Yes, it does. It doesn't slow him down much, but God damn. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Not at all. But nonetheless, the first encounter between Jason and Jaina is over. Yeah, it was badass, and too. I think she won. She she had help, but yeah, she won. She didn't lose any limbs. Nope. You know, which is a thing that they, like, talk about a lot with Darth Vader. is And Lumaya, in mm-hmm. these books, is you're so much machine, you're missing so much of your physical humanity that it then limits your maximum force power yeah your ability to draw on the force because it links living things not and you're now less of a living thing whether you replace the arm or not yeah you know it's not because darth vader had a bunch of robot shit on him it was because he was missing all the body parts (laughs) yeah that's what it was it was yeah it's yeah. not because the robot shit interferes with your Bluetooth or something. <laughs> Where you're like, your speaker makes that weird noise. <laughs> that weird, like, crackle. <laughs> Get a magnet too close to <laughs> I don't think it's like that, but that begs the question moving forward. Is that going to affect Kytus's force ability? His, his maximum power. Maybe he'll go to force lightning with his robot hand and it won't work. Or he'll just shoot out the stump like a... <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 10. <laughs> Starts with a joke. What do Jawas have that no other creature in the galaxy has? Baby Jawas, Jason Solo, age 14. Apparently, this idiot kid never heard of space adoption. Zero out of ten. Boo! <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Fucking take that. <laughs> meaningless. A meaningless a meaningless assault on that joke. I, whatever. Space adoption. Back to chapter ten. So, turns out, Ben has been being droid tortured. Yeah. For X amount of time. And then Tahiri comes into his GAG cell to make me really upset with Troy. <laughs> yes. Because Tahiri, ahem, a grown enough woman. She's she's 
Anakin's age. She was age. Anakin's age, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> You're like one second ahead of me right now. But yeah, she was Anakin's age, and Anakin was what five years younger than his twins. Yeah, something like a that. A handful of years. Yeah, younger. so she's like 27, so 28. So she's like almost 30. Yeah, he's 14. So here he comes into his GAG cell to seduce him, a 14 year old boy, boy, mm-hmm. 14 years old, into telling her where the Jedi hideout is. One point to make here. She is categorically not 14. No. Uh, She's not even close. Now, she could be even a couple years younger than Anakin. Mm -hmm. I'll allow that for teenage romance. But if Anakin was 16 and she was 6, there's a lot about this that I don't like. (laughs) Yeah. So, this is a lose-lose type of situation. I'm going to gloss over the weirdness of this because... I don't like this in my Star Wars. Tahiri comes in the room. She says, tell me where the Jedi stuff is. And then remember when I said where I'm going to gloss over it? Wrong. We're going to get real uncomfortable. She's like rubbing salve on his back because he's got bed sores and torture sores. And then she sticks her hand in the back of his waistband because there's a sore there. And then she moves her hand around the circumference of his body up to the front of his hips. She's a grown woman and he's 14 years old. Yeah. She's an evil, misguided Sith, though. She is evil. Yes. Granted. Make that allowance, at granted. least. Granted. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you've drawn an important line there. You've drawn an important line, but I don't need this in my Star Wars. No. Uh, especially because the only other time that we've seen even a slight sexualization of Ben was with an age-appropriate girl at the temple when yeah. he was, like, fighting that droid and trying... She snuck him out of the temple when he was grounded back at the beginning of the Yeah, she, she was, like, 15, he's 14, it was fine. Yeah, I think he was 13 at the time. Yeah. Uh, either way. <laughs> but like I said, I'll allow a couple years for teenage romance. Now, this is a grown woman sticking her hand in a 14-year-old boy's underwear. <laughs> yes. I don't like this in my style. No, no. I, I was... And obviously... 2019 is a different time. I can only say that for a couple more days here. This is the last podcast I'll say that on. Yeah. But 2019 is a different time than 2008 and 9 were. Where it was like not so widely accepted that sexual abuse against young boys is also sexual abuse. <laughs> where it was like more like 80s teen comedies where it's like, oh, you're this someone so was mom jerked you off in the shower when you're 13, eh? Thumbs up from the gang. <laughs> and it's like, no, you raped and sexually assaulted that child. Yeah. Is what happened. So, anyways, here we are. Tahiri is <clears throat> Mrs. Robinson all up on fucking Ben Scott. Yeah, yeah, she's fucked. It's this is she was told to do this? Or uh, no. No, yeah, she wasn't. It, it seems more when she's talking about it like this was her idea to not have, have to, to do the thing that she does next. Yes. Which is give Ben overalls. Heaven forbid he should be dressed. Hates that. She hates that. So, uh, <laughs> let me be clear. Ben says no. Ben does <laughs> Although say he's no. like, uh-huh. He, he's she's a, very pretty. Yeah, and he's he kind of makes a couple little comments like, I want to give her the information. But he says but... it. He says it under under some like moral pretenses, where where 
he wants to give in so that just so that he doesn't have to get tortured anymore and he doesn't mm-hmm. have to hide secrets and the war can be over and like people stop getting hurt and stuff like that. Like that's why he wants this old lady to jerk him off. Yeah. Old lady. She's 27 or whatever. But <laughs> Twice his age. Twice his fucking age, dude. And he's 14. Yeah. Yeah. Not cool. Ben says no. So overalls on to here. He leads him across the prison, which is fine with Ben because he just wants to, Try to gather as much information as he can to find out where his friend Lon Shivu is, baby. BFFs forever. The man just got married. God, I'd hate to see anything happen to him. P.S. The prison is filled with thousands of Bothan spies and assassins who will be killed after the war is over. After a fair trial, she says. Yeah. Wink and a nudge. Genocide. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a fair trial after which they'll be put to death. Do you remember why? Jason has this fucking vendetta against the Bothans in the first place. It wasn't political at first. No, what was it? It was because... Oh, yes, I do. When Alemarar accidentally killed the world brain, yeah. he blamed the Bothans. Yeah, because it, it was with poison. Because that was a... his extra galactic brain friend. Yep. Yep. So thousands of Bothans are locked in the prison, and they're all going to get executed after the war some are like shaved down tortured cut up all of them are shaved they're all injected with an explosive tracking device yep and jason solo is a fucking monster (laughs) to here he takes ben to uh exactly where he wants to go to his friend lon shivu and we find him well tortured and this is her idea is that Lon Shivu is going to be the leverage to break Ben and find the Jedi. So she promptly begins shoving her thumb into Shivu's eye right in front of Ben. This is gut-wrenching levels of yuck. Mm-hmm. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Jamming her thumb into his eye, Ben says, I'm not going to tell you. He says, you think I'm going to trade one life, even of my friend, for all the lives of all the jedi yeah like come on you know i'm not gonna do that so and she was getting his eye popped out or whatever and he's yelling for ben to not say anything quiet yeah (laughs) yeah so ben doesn't say anything yeah this man's hard as fuck (laughs) he's hardcore for sure so tahiri decides we'll crank it up a notch and she force zaps him through a blaster burn in his chest and well when you know it shivu fucking dies she causes his heart to explode an aortic something or other. She gives him a heart attack. Yeah. With a zap and a burn hole. That The medical droid was like, hey, this guy's not ready to be tortured yet. He's got, what did he say? He's got 12 standard hours till he's ready to be tortured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, He'll be ready got, in the morning. They've got this shit down to a science. And to here he's like, no, we got to get this answer now. So she zaps him in the chest and kills him. Which for Tahiri ends up being this whole parallel Alan Vell special wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Tahiri's jaw fell, and her force aura grew cold with horror. And that was when Ben knew she did not like what she was becoming. That she was serving Kaidas for the same reasons Ben himself had followed Jason so long. Because she was confused and ashamed and desperate. She could not allow herself to see what a monster Kaidas had become, because that meant seeing 
what a monster she was becoming, too. I mean, it's hard to not see the similarities between his two Sith apprentices. Apprentices. Yes. When you are one of them. Right? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, look, that feeling. is. I had that feeling before when I did bad things for Jason. Yep. He even tells her, you're just like him now. Congratulations. You killed the prisoner in interrogation. Congratulations. You're a Sith. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your fucking red velvet cape. Here's your gold star. You killed something, a man. I don't know. Something. So she feels real bad. And the uh, good luck streak of Ben Skywalker continues, having just watched his best friend murdered in front of his eyes before ultimately ultimately to hear he cracks and she smacks ben who then uses his momentum to heroically free himself stun to and spare and turn the guards to lieutenant ben's side yes because they know him they're gag the one guy was with him Trying when he killed his first man earlier yeah exactly when he ki- when he first killed that guy on accident and now he gives them a chance. He says, don't make me kill the both of you. I really don't want to. And they don't. Spare the boy a little bit. This kid is fucking incredible. And then we cut to a weird cut. Yeah. Uh, a completely italicized. And, okay, talk to me about this, too. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the hardcover edition. Yep. And this ends up being, you know, printed on front and back of a page. This little excerpt. The top half of the page is blank. And it carries over to one-fifth of the page on the other side. Couldn't we just fucking tuck this shit up a little bit? Yeah. Like one paragraph length and then we get it all on one page and... All right. And with all... Save that... Does it just... Is it just to give it even more visual breaking space between each thing you know yeah between the end of this a full page and the beginning between, of 11 yeah between the beginning of this and then and then the end of it and the yeah next chapter. i think so either way we get a this this cutaway that says a long time ago halfway through this book halfway to the end of this book at the end of chapter 10 of this 20 chapter book it has an epilogue, but it also has a prologue, Balance in the Force. And not only is it halfway, like you pointed out with the chapter-wise, yeah. it's only off by halfway, like page-wise. Really? By like four pages. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's almost dead center. The whole thing just kind of recounts the events of the moments after Jason cut Tenelka's arm off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaina feeling him hating himself and Jaina feeling him panicked and, and worried and in love with his friend and all the things and all the feelings that they share between the twin bond back when they're 14 years old. Yeah. And her sending all the good vibes over to him and all that kind of stuff. It says at one point, like no matter what she, he would always have her, you know, reiterate that point again. Yeah. The twins would always have each other no matter what. Um, she sees Jason lose something. Yeah. A here, brave, you know? resourceful brother whom she would rather have at her side than anyone. That's the very last line. And this whole thing makes me feel scared. <laughs> to be honest, like I'm scared. Why are we bringing all this up? It makes me feel bad. I don't like this. Why are we doing this? Oh, God, I hate this podcast. Kind of also makes you feel bad for the bad guy. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Is that we get a little more 
humanization of Jason Solo by remembering him when he was 14 and guiltless. Yeah, until he cut off his friend's arm. Exactly. This was like his first major misstep. And he cut off the arm of the woman that he loves who lives in a society that doesn't value perfection, like demands it. Mm -hmm. You know, like they, they worship perfection. And he cut her arm off and she was supposed to be the queen and stuff, you know? Because he was being cocky and showing off. He because wasn't even... Jay- exactly. Because Jason always hurts the people he loves when he's trying too hard to prove himself. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what I pulled out of this. Is yeah. This is an echo of the same thing. Look at him all throughout these books. I'm going to make an example, make an example, make an example. Well, that's you trying to prove yourself right. Yeah. Or you, you trying to prove the other people weaker or you stronger. You're trying too hard to prove yourself instead of just doing the damn thing. Like telling Tenelka that you like her instead of trying to be so cool with your lightsaber that you cut her fucking arm off. Mm-hmm. Right? Like this guy, all, all of his life has been hurting the people that he cares about in one way or another. And we'll see that even throughout the NJO. Like there's a reason why him and Luke don't get along by the time Jason's 30. He does a lot of things that hurt a lot of people, uh, you know, along the way. And this is, I guess, you know, her earliest memory of seeing him hate himself. Yeah. Which is nasty. That sucks. But he always had Jaina. Until when? I know they're already split up when we started reading this book series. And yeah. So, like, this is where we're starting chronologically. And I haven't read all the other books in a long time. But when did they really fall out? Was it during the Yuzhan Vong War when he got ca- captured and went missing? Was it during the, 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 the Dark Nest trilogy where she turns into a bug and she goes missing? Was it, you know, obviously yeah. a precipitation of all these things over time? Yeah. But, like, at what point did they stop being best friends? I don't remember. I don't remember either. But back then, when they're 14, a long time ago, she can feel all of his pain. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Chapter 11 starts with a joke right on time. What time is it when an Imperial Walker steps on your chrono? Time to get a new chrono! Alright, this is one of those transplant jokes like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Where you take a joke from Earth, <laughs> and then you put some space shit on top of it. <laughs> and now it's a space joke! Three out yeah. of ten. Although, I would also like to contrast this joke against the opening sentence of chapter 11. The stain ran across Jaina's jaw and neck down to her shoulder. A line of crimson ovals where she had been splattered by her brother's blood. Yeah. Time to get a new chrono. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the juxtaposition of those two tones is fucking jarring. And I like it. Like, I'm not saying that to to complain about it. I, I like that little bit there. So Jaina is in a dark, dark, dark spot. Trying to wash the stains of Jason's blood off of her skin. And when she cut his arm off, she said, uh, 
she felt the blood spray across her and burn like acid. Yeah. And now she's trying to scrub a dub this shit off of her and it's not working. She is literally stained by her brother's blood. Even after one whole week of Jedi meditative healing. Yeah, she's even trying to use like a like a scrubbing stone. Yeah, and s- like a pumice stone. Yeah, I couldn't think of the Ugh, word. God, just- yeah, they call it a, like a sartrine stone or some Very, shit. Very yeah. um, Lady Macbeth style. Yeah, just I'm going to, we don't need these fingerprints. <laughs> yeah. Scrape them off with a rock. Yeah. Except it's her neck and her brother's blood. A <laughs> little bit the same, a little bit different. <laughs> and now the whole thing here is holy fucking time jump, Batman. Yeah, it's been a week. That's why we got this little divider long time ago remembrance because it's now it's we've gone back in time now and so it's a less shocking time jump from the end of one chapter to another that's another like you know what i mean like from a i don't know what you even call this but thinking about the format of the book on a meta scale right Mm -hmm. thinking about how Moving from one scene or one chapter to another affects you as a reader, attention wise. This is a nice way to transition that one week time yeah. jump. Let's jump back in time for three paragraphs. Right I, at the end of, I don't know, kind of an innocuous scene of Ben starting his escape, you know? Yeah. Maybe this is what Jana was seeing during her healing trance. Maybe she was dreaming. Kind of mm. about when they were kids and this whole thing and Maybe wanting to take care of her brother at that one point. One of those things, yeah. That's a really, really good point, man, because it comes up in a minute. But first, how the fuck did she get off nickel one? Last we saw, just Jason was gone. <laughs> Uh, the and, verpine and, guy came to get it, and the bug came, and he was like, "Hey, your, your cabs are here." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I'm, I can't go. I gotta go." And then she goes. <laughs> so how the hell did she escape nickel one? Well, she couldn't remember much about her extraction or the last half of the fight because that big ugly split above her right eye had come with a nasty concussion. She had hazy memories of a long aching run on legs so filled with shrapnel they rattled. Of always being short of breath because it was impossible to fully expand her lungs with four broken ribs. The next thing she remembered was stumbling into the hangar with a company of stormtroopers on her tail. Then Jag, Zek, her mother, and about half a dozen other Jedi. Okay, Jag wasn't a Jedi, but he fought like one. Coming out of nowhere to drive them off. She recalled her uncle warning the others about her injuries as they rushed to help her. How he had seemed to know every blow she had taken without having to even glance in her direction. Like we said, Luke was there in some amount. Yeah. And I just, uh, she hasn't, she that's not clear to her yet. Hasn't she, she doesn't, she hasn't seen anybody like project a force illusion even that she wouldn't even guess like that low on the totem pole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Weird. But I guess at the same time, if you're projecting, is that how force projections work where you can see what's there? Like, like a scrying spell? Maybe if you're Luke. <laughs> maybe that... No, but I mean, like, maybe that's why she doesn't assume that, because that's not how that works. Yeah. Like, you can't sense things through your force projection. You just... I don't know. Anyways. It's laid out pretty clearly for us. She doesn't seem to understand. 
But damn, damn you, memory loss. Turns out she doesn't even remember asking both Jag and Zach to move in with her. You had to share a room. AKA, let's have a polyamorous relationship, gentlemen. Because <laughs> I can't choose who I love. She knows what she wants, and she wants all of it. Yeah, apparently. When her she is appropriately state. aged, so she may do as she pleases. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with men who are her age. Yeah. Now, I don't want to get back to that and talk to that again. The question that we brought up earlier, why did Kaidus's blood burn her? Mm-hmm. She says, maybe the force is trying to tell me that Jason is still in there. Oh, no. Don't do this to me now that you know. You just yeah. went and had this incredible fight where you almost killed your brother. You cut one of his fucking arms off, man. Don't now stop and tell me. Maybe the force is staining me with his blood to tell me that he's redeemable. Why? And everybody says that to her. Han and Leia on the ship, I guess, constitutes everybody at this moment. But they're like, no. Yeah, you're no. right. No. And even so, no. All the things that he's already done, irredeemable. No. Just don't start thinking like that. And then the next line said... After that fight, you're going to do that to me now? Uh, right after they all say that, she actually she has a little thought... Yeah. Saying that, okay, yeah. Come, she knew they were right saying all that stuff. But here's my question. What's actually right? Is she right or are they right? Because why did Jason's blood burn and stain her skin? Yeah. Because he was boiling with rage? <laughs> like, I don't know. Is that a Sith technique? Turn your blood into poison. Did she cut his arm off? I wondered this. Did she cut his arm off? And then I and then I thought no. <laughs> After they talked about it some more, but I wondered, did she cut his arm off for the third time? At that part, at the section where he was talking about, he had just had like those secret uh, blow darts installed on his fucking uh, arm or wrist or whatever. I was like, did she just like psh, cut through like and get some of the acid vials or something? Yeah. yeah, and it was I don't know, right? But no, that seems to not have been the case. No. Because Jane is convinced that it's not acid. It's not a burn. It's a stain. We're going to get Silgal to look at it. Don't you worry about it. 3PO pops his head in. Uh, we have a visitor, uh, Boba Fett here for Jaina. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he wants answers. She is the one who has to tell Boba Fett that his Mandos all died in that room. Murta included. Yeah. His granddaughter. Murta fell on her head. Heart attack for me. But not <laughs> for her. Murta fell on her head. And then Boba Fett goes, well, did you know she was dead? Blah, blah, blah. How can you be sure? And he's all mad. He's all mad. He's all mad. Because the Mando way is that you don't leave dead or alive. Yeah. You, you don't leave dead comrades behind. And you don't leave live comrades behind. Yeah. they Everybody comes home. Comrades like they're Russians. Yeah, everybody comes home. Or nobody comes home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the fucking simple mando dyad way right yeah i'm saying dyad now because i watched the rise of skywalker on the weekend have you seen it yet no god damn i'm going this uh like 
Thursday, Friday. Quick, quick Rise of Skywalker review. That was fine. Okay. These aren't my movies. I'm not a child. Yeah. The original ones, those were my movies. And they're amazing. And these movies, I think, are fine. The eighth one, where Ryan Johnson just kind of threw all of J.J. Abrams' shit into the fan and said, suck my ass, I'm going to make my own shit. That one sucks the most. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, hey, everything you set up in the seventh one, fucking shit on it. And then, oh, what do you know? We needed to get the director back from the seventh one for the ninth one because nobody liked the eighth one. <laughs> now, the ninth one, it's fine. <laughs> it has a couple moments where I went, oh, and a lot, a lot of moments where I went, oh, and also several moments where I went, yeah. So it's a movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not fucking going to be perfect. There's a reason we started <laughs> doing these podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, because even even the movies aren't my Star Wars. No. These nine books specifically are my Star Wars. Yeah. This the, is this is my Star Wars. Yeah. This is 40, the, 40 years ABY. This is the hard delve into where I became big into I, Star Wars. I'm really a fan of it. Yeah. Like there were so many like Saturday morning or, or Sunday afternoons where I would be like on my beanbag chair on my bed rolling through the trilogy mm-hmm. in my gold case special edition yeah. that I didn't know were changed at the time because I was little so I just thought all that was normal all the really bad like the cutscene CGI that he added in between like scene pans yeah that's exactly what you don't need <laughs> yeah <laughs> enhance the things that are already existing anyways yeah I always thought that the song in the cantina was dope yeah Ja da blue na da da blue gabi don and vivi da Yeah, I like and, it. But that's not the original one though. Apparently, no. But I was like, I always thought that was good. Uh, I like it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what the fuck are we talking about? This is my Star Wars. This is this is this is our thing here. I'm yelling. My kids are in bed. This is my Star Wars. This is why we started this podcast <laughs> because the new stuff wasn't quite fulfilling the expectation or like the desire for me. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to go see solo, a star Wars story, I was like, first of all, this is not going to do well because you can't take everybody's favorite in enigmatic character and explain him. No. Han Solo is amazing because he's a, in the first movie, everybody falls in love with him because he's a pirate that's in it for himself and then joins the team and saves the day at the end. Yeah. Like he is He's a wanderer, a mystery he... yeah. nomad guy. Exactly. Yeah. So obviously that movie was going to be bad. Uh, Rogue One. Fucking great movie. Rogue One was good. Fucking great movie. And the fact that they didn't kiss at the end. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't need all that in my star Wars. I get it. That's original star Wars was like the two boys both want to bang the princess. Ooh. The older space pirate and the young boy (laughs) are fighting over the same lady. Anyways, Rise of Skywalker's fine. Okay. That was the moral of that whole, like, five to ten minute thing. (laughs) Fuckeronis and cheese. Now, I say now a lot on this podcast. Yeah, you do. And I say it when I'm looking for the spot on my notes where I want to start talking again. Jane is thinking to herself... 
Maybe the Force wants me to save Jason. Ah, maybe not. After everybody tells her, maybe not. Boba Fett comes in and she's like, ah, all of them died and I abandoned all of them. Also, your granddaughter, dead. So he's upset. And when Fett gets understandably mad, Mm -hmm. she stares him down and verbally slaps him around. Yeah, it's awesome. Something along the lines of, hey, Mandalore, maybe you shouldn't have dragged your, your family and people into this fucking war. Yep. Essentially, to fulfill this is your fault as much as it is mine. Yeah, don't forget to blame yourself. He put she puts him in his place, which is great, which is so bold after having spent like six weeks with the guy. Yeah, which is more time than anybody, which is probably why she's comfortable enough to say it. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, definitely. Yeah, but like, think about that. She spent six straight weeks with him. That might be more than anybody since he left his wife. When he was 20. <laughs> and yeah. then before that, his dad, when he, his dad got killed when he was like 10. Yeah. He's had like three friends in his life. Mm-hmm. Jana Solo is not one of them. Vaveen would be the third. <laughs> would be the next closest. She yeah. fucking tells him what's up. And then Luke shows up and says some clandestine bullshit about we're going to find Kytus next. Can't this dick just tell everybody what's going to happen? He can't communicate. He doesn't tell anybody. But he says something like, ah, uh, he walks in there with a special sheet, uh, uh, a spy report. And he says, the fourth fleet is moving back to Coruscant or something. Yeah. What does he say? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fourth fleet is moving back to Coruscant. And so they're like, oh, good. So, you know, we're going to find Jason at Coruscant. And he goes, maybe I do. And maybe I don't. Yeah. I don't think like, Kytus will be there. Right off. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just come out and tell us. Fine. His line is actually because Leia says, eh, "What what do you have there? I know it's not the information on that piece of paper." It's yeah. like, "No, it's not intelligence report. It's much more certain than that." That's all he says. Yeah. End oh, of chapter. I know you didn't see it on that paper. Yeah, I saw it somewhere. More reliable. <laughs> Sunglasses on the who? Yeah. <laughs> and then CSI starts. And you're like, yeah. I can't believe I'm not asleep. <laughs> But seriously, the whole fucking galaxy is on fire, man. Mm-hmm. Just tell your friends the next part of the plan. Everybody's involved now. Well, now that he's fucking awake, chapter 12 yeah. starts with a joke. I like this one. What does an Imperial Star Destroyer wear to a formal occasion? A bow tie. I liked this one. Like a tie fighter. Jason Solo, age 14. Allow me to Agree with you. In capital letters, I wrote, this is brilliant. <laughs> because it's not a reskinned Earth joke. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a an in-universe joke. Star Destroyers are not... Imperial Star Destroyers are not a thing that have, like, a, a real-world analog. Yeah. A TIE fighter being referred to as a bow tie... Doesn't have a real world analog. Like, kind of looks like that, a bow tie. Too. Like, what would that joke be about an archer? What uh, is an archer? But then now I'm making the joke on the bow part. Nah, I'm <laughs> instead saying... of the tie part. But you know, I just mean like I don't think this joke exists no. already on Earth. At least I'm not that capacity I've ever heard. No, the only the closest analog I can think to be like a star destroyer would be like uh, like an aircraft carrier in the water. Well, or sure, something. but then what's the joke about going to a fucking formal party? Is what I mean. Something so like, about the fighters. You know, you could rework the joke and be like, "Oh, what is a what is a world class archer wear to a 
formal gathering. A bow tie. Yeah. Right? The joke is not now about the, tie fighter. Yeah. It's about a the bow. bow. Yeah. But like, fucking 10 out of 10. Yeah, this I like this joke. one. I like it's it. Goddamn good joke. Okay. <clears throat> We're running long here already because I talked about movies for fucking a ramble on amount of time. We're all right. Chapter 12 is back to Spy Ben. And Spy Ben is making his secret spy way back to the secret spy Jedi base. And he sits down at the bar and he orders a drink. And I quote, spun, not mixed. <laughs> Very bow tie, Mr. Benjamin Bond. And turns out it's a secret code word order. Fucking spy guy. Also, turns out Ben feels bad for Tahiri. He feels pity for her. He says he doesn't fee- he doesn't want to punish her. He wants to save her. Is this because she stuck her hand in your underwear? And you're 14? I don't think so. Could, that could, I, could be part of it. He's also sad about Shivu, who I don't think ever stuck his hand in his underwear. He's also sad about his mom. Not even going to comment on that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but he also, while he's sitting at this bar, waiting to see if his secret code word works, has a pretty fucking good insight. Ultimately, he thought, that was what had driven Jason mad. Not the lust for power, but the fear that nothing he did mattered. The sad conclusion that the only way to achieve total peace was through total control. He's sitting there thinking about how he's 14 years old and his whole life has been wars. Yeah. And how Jason never was the guy who wanted the power. He was, that wasn't, that clearly wasn't his thing. He didn't want to control things for himself. Mm -hmm. And that's been the whole story all along. Right. And here's Ben reiterating it to us as we're like, in bits and pieces being refed Jason's humanity, you know, through the yep. jokes and through the memories and all that kind of shit. Here's another little piece of it to remind us, like the dude is not a monster. The dude wants to save everybody, but no, not everybody will let them say what not yes. everybody will let him save them. Yeah. Not everybody help wants me to be help saved. you Jerry Maguire type of thing. Yeah. And so you do it by force. Right. But I thought that was such a good insight for our resident fucking wise man, <laughs> 14 year old, no hands in his pants. Ben, Ben, Benjamin Bond Skywalker. Moving on. Turns out his code word works. Cause in all this time he's been sitting there waiting. He's been feeling this prickly danger sense. And he thinks he's being watched. Is this good or bad? Is this good or bad? And then his two very flirty, very beautiful, hapen extraction contacts meet up with him and escort him from the bar to their ship. And everyone is trying to bang this 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Now, mind you, they get to the ship and there's like banter about, oh, peeking in the shower and this and that. But these ladies are more like, uncomfortable old lady jokey flirting with him yeah and not so much coming to your cell and put my hand in your underwear yeah kind of yeah their their jokes are as much to be funny as they are to put people on edge yeah as he says right yeah yeah yeah. he realizes that and he fucking plays back but 
stop having grown-ups touch and flirt with 14-year-olds. Just stop it. I don't need this at all in my life, especially not in my recreational Star Wars time. Well, how old does it say how old these two are? Not fucking 14. No, they're not 14, but they they're don't... cause cousins. So that could be any age range. Yeah. Sure, they could be 18 or 19, but the point stands that he is a child. They could be 17, technically. He was just 13 a few books ago. <laughs> he was. It was like five books ago. I said a couple years for teenage romance. Not from the end of teenage years to the beginning of teenage years. I don't want to well, see an 18-year-old taking down a 13-year-old. <laughs> He's 14. And I don't care in either direction. It's not good. Get rid of it. Done with it. No, Moving it's on. not good. Turns out the ship is attacked by Ben's personal torture droid. Mm-hmm. Who, like, fucking Terminator-style <laughs> crawls on the hull of the ship and then, like, they open up the door and then the boom, robot hand, kung kung, you hear the music and the robot hand like bang shoots in a frame pops down through the like opening in the door and here comes this killer robot and it's like ben whoa why did you run away from me blah blah, blah. they have this weird exchange yeah and ben has one literally one moment of ptsd before force shoving the thing out into space yeah he, he plays a little trick he pretends to be unconscious and then shoves the thing and gone easy peasy yeah and then the Anakin so shows up and tractor beams the ship that they're trying to escape to. The ship of Prince Isolder. Tenelka's dad. Yeah. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Jason Solo just kidnapped Tenelka's dad. First her daughter. First her arm. <laughs> yeah. Then her daughter. Now her dad. And I can only imagine this is going to get escalatingly worse for Prince Isolder. Yeah. Bad things are going to happen. What bad things will those be? Will it be torture droids? Will it be Yuzhan Vong tortured pods? Will it be force torture? Will it be Sith Apprentice force torture? Find out next week when we cover chapters 13 through 16 of Legacy of the Force book 9 Invincible. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Stop sexing the 14-year-old boys. And girls. I knew that was coming. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.